the staff, some of the staff was on a, on a, we were at a conference this week, and Pastor Tim was there, and I was there, and we were driving home from this conference, and he started feeling bad, and we were like, oh man, this, this is terrible, this is not good, and um, some tension started building in the van, it was kind of, it was like a couple hours of tension, like this, uh, nobody wants to talk about this, but what are we going to do on Sunday if Pastor Tim's out? Um, and some of our other staff uh, are not here as well. So um, I just started praying and asking the Lord, hey, wh- what are we going to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? Like, what, what's happening? And I really feel like he gave me a, a word, a short word for today. Um, I asked for more, and he didn't give it, so we got a short word. But um, I hope it's good. I really feel like it's for us today. And it, it's cool because it went along with our prayer focus, um, and it takes it a step further, which is cool. So, we're going to start today in 1 Samuel chapter 3. Uh, let me set the stage a little bit. We got um, Israel. <clears throat> this is kind of between the time of the judges and the kings. And um, Eli, the high priest, and his son's minister in the temple. And his sons, I forget their names, Phineas and something, they were evil men. They were wicked, wicked men. And they were priests in the Lord's temple. And uh, this is not a good place to be when your leaders... You don't have a king yet. You don't have your judges around anymore when your leaders are evil. Um, And so that sets the stage for Samuel to be born. Um, And he's born uh, in chapter chapter 1, chapter 2. It talks about how his mom came after she had petitioned the Lord for his birth because she had been barren. And she said, I will dedicate him to you, Lord, if if you give me a son. And she did it. He did it. She did it. And so now we come to chapter 3. Verse 1, now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no widespread revelation. So that's how this chapter starts. When, when Samuel's born and he begins to minister under Eli, it seems like the Lord isn't, isn't speaking. Um, now, do you think that God wasn't trying to speak to his people? Do you guys think that? Because I sure don't. I, in my opinion, I think he was trying to speak over and over, and no one was listening. And that's a problem. Um, And it it reminds me of our, if you compare this to our world today, when we have so much pressure coming from the world all over us, and sometimes we get caught up in that, and we're doing our own thing, and we're not hearing from the Lord, and that's a dangerous place to be. Um, Things distract us. And I feel like that's where Israel was, and now we have Samuel come on the scene. And uh, let's, let's go to verse 2. And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, don't you love how it keeps adding ands there? All this stuff, that's the time, it came to pass that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. And Eli said, I did not call you, lie down again. And he went and lay down. Obedient, Samuel's obedient, it's awesome. Um, Then the Lord called yet again Samuel. So Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. And Eli said, go back to sleep. Quit bugging me, kid, I'm trying to sleep. That's not what he said, but he did tell him to go lie back down. Now verse 7, this always gets me. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was there word 
nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. Man, this always gets me. This kid's been ministering in the, in the temple for, we don't know how long, but we know it's been at least a, a years because his mom would bring him a new linen ephod every year, it says, before this. So we know he had been there, and yet he did not yet know the Lord. And the connotation of that, that no word there is that through experience, he did not yet know the Lord. And I find it so interesting that he's already ministering, he's already doing this, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And I look at it as he had a job, he did his duty, but he didn't have a calling yet. He didn't know how to hear the word of the Lord. He had not had that experience yet. Verse 8, and the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he rose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you did call me. That's what he said. For you did call. Like, he's sure now. Like, this guy's messing with me. You did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Now, just as an aside here, Eli knows what's happening with his sons, with his family. He knows judgment is coming. And, and I feel like at this point, he was like, wow, this is it. Like the Lord is speaking to Samuel. What's he going to say? I like that Eli was obedient here. He knew what had to happen. So he perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down. And it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears, or speak, your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. So knowing what could happen, Eli says, go and be available to what the Lord wants to tell you. Now, I believe that this principle of being available applies. It applies in our relationship with Jesus. Or it applies um, in our relationships with each other as brothers and sisters of Christ. And you've, you, doubtless you guys have been in, in conversations where you're busy. I know I'm, you see, you guys, most of you see me. I'm the executive pastor here, so I handle a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff. But you'll see me running around like crazy sometimes on Sunday mornings, and s someone will stop me and say, hey, how are you doing? And I'll say, good, man, how are you? And they're like, they'll, they'll sing me like a country song, like my dog just died, my, my, uh, I got a divorce, my whatever, whatever's happening. And I'm like, oh, good, God bless you, that's great. N no, like, that's not what we do. We we make ourselves available to each other. And we've all done something where we say something stupid. You know, you're talking to someone, you're not being observant, you're not being available to them. You're thinking of things in your own thought, like, like when you walk up to somebody and they're like, oh, when's the baby due? And, and they're not pregnant. And so I, I would encourage you to never, ever, ever assume that. Um, when's the baby due? Don't. But that's what we do. We, do we, we have our own agenda. We have our own thing. And when we do it with God, we put our foot in our mouth with God. We're, we're talking constantly or um, distracted by other things. And we're not truly listening to him um, and we're making ourselves available to him. Um, I feel like Samuel learned this principle here. I feel like it hit, like it was, it was a big deal. And so he, he learned it and look what he goes on to accomplish for the Lord it's amazing. And it wasn't always easy for him. He had a tough job as a prophet of Israel. He, man, he had to deal with Saul. Like, I, I don't even want to go into it. But he learned this principle here. In verse 10, it says, Now the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. Speak, for your servant is listening. Then 
the Lord said to Samuel. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. Now, I'm not going to go into the message because it's judgment and it's, it's things that had to, be, had to be done and said by the Lord. But he said, Speak for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said. Listen, I can say all this about listening and hearing the Lord being available to God, I don't want you to think that I'm saying you can't petition the Lord, that you can't ask him for things. Because you see in chapter 1, if Hannah had not asked the Lord, petitioned the Lord with tears, Samuel would never have been born. So we know that we're supposed to do that, and the Lord, he, he tells us that in, in the Bible. But there are times when we just need to be available to the Lord. I loved Amy's word before we, before, during worship. It was, it was so in line when she told me, I was like, yeah, you need to go say that to everyone because that's amazing. Like, we all need to listen to the Holy Spirit and do. Um, because I feel like a, a large part of being available to the Lord is obedience when we hear him. So it's almost a two-part thing. My wife says this all the time. Lacey talks about how the world is so noisy to us. We, we get pressure, like I said earlier, we get pressure from all angles. There's all kinds of stuff, our jobs, our, our kids, um, the media, the government, all this stuff, pressure all the time. And it's loud, so loud. And the voice of the Holy Spirit can become quiet, more quiet and more quiet if you're not listening and obeying what he says. He's not going to shout because he's a gentleman. He's not going to yell. Sometimes, every once in a while he does. We've all heard that, but most of the time, that still small voice, if you're not listening, it's going to get quieter and quieter, and the world gets louder and louder. And you don't want to get to a place where he, he's going to make you listen. I guarantee you that, because the, that can be a rough time. When I was preparing for this, the Lord kept bringing uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2 to my mind, um, being a living sacrifice. And I want to read it to you. It's uh, 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So when we're available, we give up our desires, we give up our will, and we do what God wants. We make ourselves a living sacrifice. And it's not easy, but we don't conform to the pattern of this world, but we're renewed by the word. This is how we know his will. So you can see that, that when, we're, when you make yourself available, you're getting rid of your desires, your will. And God, God gives you desires. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the, the callings and the desires he gives you. That's from him. Don't give that up. But you, the things that you want that are against his will or, or outside, whatever you want to call it, Give up your desires and your, your will for his. Um, you can see this. This is Paul writing Romans. And you can see it in Acts. There's a point where he, someone told me this after service, last service. It's really cool. Where in Acts, a lot of places became closed to them through the Spirit. The Spirit said, no, you can't go there. You can't go there. And so Paul literally just has to take, has to wait on the Lord and become available, my words, and then to be successful, had to wait for that, for the Spirit to send him to the next place. And then you see it. It's really cool. I kept reading. Um, you see it in every chapter. It says what the Spirit tells him to do in these places no longer. Even when they ask him to stay longer, he's like, no, because the Spirit says I have to go. 
it's really cool to see that coming from, from this author. Um, and something, my mom is actually here in the building today. She, they, my parents live in Belgium. They're missionaries there. But something she taught me a long time ago is when you're coming into God's presence or you're beginning a prayer time, there's kind of a cheat sheet you can use. I'm going to give you all a cheat sheet, okay? It's really cool. You start with repentance. You purify yourself before the Lord. Start with repentance. And then you give thanks. Thanksgiving to the Lord. No matter what you're going through, sufferings, whatever it may be, it's good times, it's bad times, give thanks to the Lord. And then you submit to him. These last two kind of go in line with this being available thing. You submit to his will. You tell him, I will do what you want, Lord. And the last one is wait on the Lord. This is so tough for most of us. We can do the first three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lord God, forgive me. Lord God, I thank you for everything. I submit to you. Now, this is what I need, or this is what's going on. We need to pray for this. Like, yes, that's all good, but there's a time when you just have to wait on the Lord and be available. Rachel, will you come up? We're going to go into a a short time of worship here at the end, and um, what I want to tell you guys is, some of the, the Lord may be working on you guys right now. He may be working on your heart. Maybe you don't know the Lord. Um, we want to pray for you. Um, if you have a need, if you have anything that's going on that you need prayer for, we're going to have people up here to pray for you during the song. And don't wait. Just come up. We'll pray for you. Um, we're also going to have some people come up and pray and just demonstrate what some of this means. Um, but my hope for you today is that you make yourselves available to the Lord. This 21 days of prayer is a perfect opportunity for you to focus on some assignments of prayer and then just stop and wait on the Lord and be available to what he's got. Listen and obey.